Hello. You are listening to the Grieving Parents Sharing Hope podcast. We are here to walk with parents on their unwanted journey of child loss, guiding them to a place of hope, light, and purpose, not in spite of their child's death, but as a way to honor his or her life. And now, here is your host, author, speaker, and bereaved parent, Laura Deal. Hi, I am so glad you joined me today. I have a very special guest joining me. It did not take Shirley Feeson and I very long at all to figure out that we are kindred spirits. Our love for the Lord, our love for our children, and our love for other perievers and a passion to give them hope in their place of darkness is very similar. Of course, we each have our own story, and we are all on our own personal journey, which Shirley will be sharing with you. But before we get started, let me give her a proper introduction. Twelve days after her son's wedding, Shirley Thiessen was thrown into the unimaginable task of planning his funeral. Grief threatened to extinguish her purpose. Hope and resiliency gradually emerged as she chose to participate with God to recycle her pain for His good purpose. Shirley is also the founder of a grief ministry called Corner Bend Ministries. Because most people are uncertain how to support those who grieve, Shirley created a playbook of best practices to build confidence and effectiveness. Shirley and her husband, Carrie, live in Calgary, Alberta, Canada. Their newly married daughter, Chantal, is also active in the grief ministry. So with that, let's listen to my talk with Shirley Thiessen. Hi, Shirley. Hi, Laura. It's so good to see you, and we are on a Zoom, and we have our cameras on, and my internet here is not the best, so hopefully it won't mess us up too bad. We won't have, you know, a bunch of delay and tin canny stuff going on. We'll do our best, right? Absolutely. (laughs) So thank you so much for joining me and my listeners today. Now, we are going to talk about something that in 10 years of my being on this journey, I have never heard another Perever talk about this. And it's kind of a heavy topic. It's serious and it's very needed. And it's something I have thought about, but I've never voiced because it's such a tender topic. And because I didn't feel like, I'll say I didn't feel quite qualified to talk about it, even in this world of bereaved parents. So I'm very thankful that God brought you across my path because not only do you have like a a personal experience in this, you want to talk about it to help other perievers to be set free. And that's what it's all about, right? To be set free, to walk with other parents and help them find hope and get them if they're stuck in that so they can learn how to live a God ordained life of meaning and purpose again. So Now that we hopefully have everyone on the edge of their seat, just waiting to hear this, (laughs) I am going to start out, Shirley, by asking you first to share your story of Jordan with us. Yeah, thank you. Well, I love talking about Jordan, so you understand that, but Mm. I'll bring you back to the year 2012. So it was, um, I knew it was just going to be an exciting year, both my husband, well, my husband and I have a, a son named Jordan and a daughter named Chantel. And in January of that year, they were both university students and Jordan proposed to his girlfriend. And we were so excited that uh, he would uh, be settling down with his godly young woman. And we we were just looking forward to adding another family member. So that's a major milestone. And then a few months later, uh, Jordan graduated from university. 
And this again was such a great milestone. He had a bumpy start. He failed kindergarten twice. So the fact that he actually became a really um, great learner <laughs> and studied hard, it really paid off. And he um, ended up graduating and doing very, very well. So, so proud of him. And then he had this nationwide search for a, a career job. And in an answer to my prayer, he landed a career job in our city, Calgary. So we were mm. so delighted that him and his future bride would be living nearby. And then on October 6th was the wedding. It was a beautiful outdoor ceremony at a golf course, just as they wanted. And my husband and I were just high-fiving each other. And mm. as many parents do, we were just so grateful that, you know, we'd invested so much love, time, prayer, energy, and money into this kid. Now Jordan mm -hmm. was mm -hmm. gainfully employed, happily married, and off our payroll. Like life was great. <laughs> and so we were just like congratulating each other, my husband and I, and we went off for a vacation shortly after the wedding, just totally blissful. Until four days in, there's a police officer at our door. And within a few minutes, we discovered mm -hmm. that my worst nightmare was about to unfold. And that was our newly married son, only 23 years old, had died in a workplace accident. And our, our life mm -hmm. just seemed like it exploded like a bomb. And I remember thinking, no, 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 this can't be happening we don't even have the wedding pictures back. Like this is not the sequence of events. Mm. And so I, you know, it was just such a, um, I was so conflicted even in receiving the news, but I was also so devastated because this is not how I imagined life to be. And so uh, as you know, we just were headlong into this brand new experience of grief that we knew very little about. Wow. And this was his new job that he had gotten? Yes. Yes. His brand wow. new job, which he loved. He absolutely loved it. Hmm. He fell 116 feet down an elevator shaft at a power plant. Oh my goodness. Wow. Oh, I'm sorry. It seems like every time we hear someone else's story, we just can't imagine losing our child that way. Hmm. It's mm -hmm. yeah. Wow. Well, thank you for sharing that with us. We're going to get into our topic, but before we do, I want to remind all of our listeners of a verse that they're probably very familiar with. And that is John eight thirty two, And it's when Jesus tells us, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. I just want to plant that seed in our listeners as we go forward with this. Now, you have said in your own words that you were just inconsolable, and I've, I've read this from you, that you were inconsolable over losing Jordan. And one day, it was like the Holy Spirit jolted you with the truth that I'm guessing was very hard to admit. And what was it that he confronted you with? Well, it was very embarrassing, actually. Um, I've been in a relationship with Jesus Christ since I was a child and certainly grown in, in love with him over the years, gone through trials and different types of losses, but always felt like my faith really remained solid. Mm -hmm. But when Jordan died, 
I, as you said, became inconsolable. And I could see myself just spiraling into this pit of bitterness. I was not just angry. I was enraged. And I really felt like, how dare you, God? I have served you my whole life. I have brought up Jordan to love you. He bears your name. We serve you. Like, what on earth are you doing? This is not what I signed up for. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know, I think right. I might have had this unspoken covenant in my head or contract with God that I didn't realize mm-hmm. was there. It was mm-hmm. subconscious, but it was like, Lord, you can do anything to me. You can bring strife to my kids, but you won't take them prematurely. Right. Like that's off limits mm-hmm. because, you know, I have prayed for this child right. since I was pregnant and I had seen God protect Jordan oodles of times. I mean, every parent probably has mm-hmm. stories, right? Where they go, oh my goodness, that was a God protected mm-hmm. moment. Yes. You know, I was passionate about prayer and pray for my son every day. So it felt like, wait a minute, what happened? Were you not paying attention, God? You know that we've been praying about this. And the thing too, is that Jordan was following after God and it was revealed in his prayer journals after he died that I was able to read these unedited conversations with God that only Hmm. affirmed what I already knew that he loved and trusted Jesus. And so my thing, my thought to God was like, don't, you know, our country desperately needs godly young adults. Mm -hmm. Why would you allow him to die? You can do anything. You are all powerful. You are knowing you're sovereign. Like I just could not compute. Right. And so I realized I think through the Holy Spirit finally showing me that Jordan had become an idol in my life. I, unconsciously, I'd elevated my son above the giver of that gift. Mm-hmm. And so anytime that we allow something else to capture our attention, our imagination, our love, and it can be good things like our children, our spouses, but any relationship that we allow to take our heart obsession. And it's not God, it is idolatry. And my yeah. the fact that I could not be consoled just exposed that I had lost an ultimate thing. Mm-hmm. And that was very humbling and very embarrassing when it was revealed. And there was only, I mean, there's only one thing to remedy that. And that was to ask God's forgiveness hmm. and to worship him and say, God, I, I want to serve you and you have to be number one. As much as I'm yeah. thankful for my children, they cannot be number one. Mm-hmm. That was hard. We, we don't was realize hard. we do that, do we? No. And it really was yeah. unknown to me. We're... Sorry. It was really unknown to me until the Holy Spirit exposed it through my grief journey. Hmm. Yeah. And the reason we're talking about this is because we both know that you're not the only parent who's ever done this because you and I have just, we've been emailing back and forth and we both see this a lot, don't we? Yes. It's more common than we might think. Yeah. Or want to admit that that's why we're really struggling and are so angry at God because we don't realize that we've put our child's life above him and it's a, it is a sad reality with so many Christians that 
most of us, we do have idols in our life. There are things that we've elevated. Like you said, the gift God has given us above him as the giver. And like you already said, it could be a job, a spouse, you know, any relationship. It could be a beautiful home. And for many of us, it becomes our children without even realizing that. And we don't realize it until that thing is taken from us, until something happens and, and it's gone from our lives. And the thing is, we're not sharing this to bring condemnation. That is not the purpose of this. We're sharing this so that you can be set free from your anger and your bitterness. If you, you know, in hearing this, there's something inside of you that this is making sense. And we want you to begin to move down that path of hope and healing. So allowing even good things in our lives to replace the highest importance of God in our lives. We can call them maybe misplaced priorities. Um, That's kind of an easy, nice way of saying it, but that's because we don't, it's hard to call it what it is, which Mm -hmm. is sin. When we put something above our relationship with God, it is a sin. But I, you know, I said, this is, we're not doing this for condemnation, but I, I don't want our listeners to think of sin as like this big black blot, you know, that I'm a horrible person and that whole guilt, you know, to heap more guilt on top of guilt. And I know a lot of times in the Christian world, we hear the definition of sin is missing the mark. Mm -hmm. And even, even when we talk about missing the mark, it makes me feel like I have really messed up. You know, I have just messed up. I'm no good. But the reality is sin is anything that just separates our fellowship with God and it separates us from receiving his love. Mm, yes. That's, that's what sin is. It's not this huge, horrible, ugly, I'm no good. I'm a failure. I'm, you know, I'm so messed up. Sin is what comes in and it keeps us from being able to receive God's love. Yes. And Jesus is so tender with us. He was offering forgiveness. He's saying, let's, let's start again. It's okay. Let's start over. And so we have so many chances. Yeah, absolutely. He welcomes us Um, just, but we do need to admit what we did was wrong and say, Mm -hmm. I want to turn from that. I don't want to fall into that again. And it does take some intentionality of just purposing in our heart to worship him and say, God, Whatever Mm -hmm. I, the desires that you put in my heart, the good things that you put in my heart, I need to surrender them to you every day, not just once and be done. Mm -hmm. It's like Mm -hmm. an everyday Lord, here's everything. It's yours. You own the title. Shirley, I am so glad you said that because something that I think about, and I was actually going to bring it up. And so I'm glad you brought it up is that we can be moved during like a time of worship, especially like in a church service, when we tell the Lord that like everything I have is yours. And we say, we sing that Jesus is Lord. We might raise our hands to that as we just declare Jesus is Lord over my life. Jesus is Lord over my family. Jesus is Lord over my children and my job and all those things. And we sing songs about surrendering everything to the Lord. But then when the sin and the corruption of this world causes our child to die, it reveals our heart, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, you know, it was actually a quote from C.S. Lewis that was a tipping point for me that God used. He says, don't let your happiness depend on something you may lose. 
And that was really what uh, started me thinking. I'm, I'm placing all my joy, my happiness, my fulfillment, my identity yeah. in my role as mom, as seeing my children uh, grow up and do well. And that had, that had become something that when I lost it, mm-hmm. I felt like I could no longer be happy. I, right. I no, no longer felt, live. yeah, I really did had my purpose was lost. My divine spark was extinguished. It felt like. Jesus really is the only one we can never lose. Right. Absolutely. Unless unless we put him first place in our heart, we, we will get stuck in this place of grief, especially when it's a child that we've lost. I I like that quote, not to let your happiness depend on something you may lose. So if you depend on your children to bring happiness into your life, well, number one, <laughs> that just doesn't work either in and of itself, because <laughs> we know our kids don't always make us happy. And even as adult children, I have you know five adult children, Becca's one of them who's not here on earth anymore, but, but boy, there are still times, even as adult children, they don't always make you happy. But if, yeah. if our happiness depends on our children being a part of our lives. Yeah. Well, have you ever heard someone say, as a mom, I'm as happy as my yes. saddest child. Yes. Yes. And I, every time I hear that, I kind of bristle because I'm mm-hmm. like, Oh dear, that is a slippery slope yeah. <laughs> because you're identifying then that your emotions will go up and down depending on your, ch- your children, how they're doing. And that I understand the it's well-meaning, but if yes. you really double down on mm-hmm. it, it's actually exposing idolatry. I was just going to say that's when you think about if you're saying that it's like, you're not saying my happiness is dependent on my relationship with the Lord. My happiness is dependent on my saddest child. Mm -hmm. That's, that really is. Wow. That's, that's something to think about when we lose our child like that, you know, through death from this earth, it puts us in a really vulnerable place for the enemy of our soul. Doesn't it to just come in and suck us under that darkness. Oh, oh, and he's such an opportunist. Oh, like yeah. he doesn't take time off when we're grieving, um, saying, oh, well, you know what? She's having a hard time. I'm not going to leave her alone. Yeah, it, right. <laughs> I won't bother her right now. She's in a bad place. <laughs> it's more it's like rubbing in the hands. All right. And I think the thing that makes me um, just rise up with some righteous indignation is that the enemy will do his best to bait us with the lie that because God has allowed our child to die, he must not love you. He -hmm. must not care for you. I guess you're not as important to him as Mrs. So-and-so that over there who has all her children safe and sound. And wow, it's so easy to go down that trajectory. So if we are stuck in that pattern, as I was for a time, where I wasn't talking to God, I wasn't reading his word, I was just mad. And I just felt like I'm checking out kind of thing. The enemy is actually so happy because I am no longer an effective Christ follower. I am choosing Mm -hmm. just to go kind of comatose. I'm not moving things for the kingdom. And therefore, Mm -hmm. I'm no longer going to be rewarded either. For those well, and if we choose to stay in that darkness and being angry at God, it's almost like we're choosing to play on the devil's team. Yes, or exactly. At least on his playing field. Yes, exactly. And that's a, when you really think that through, that's a horrible, it's like, who wants to 
aid the devil in spreading his darkness. Oh, exactly. In fact, it was um, some friends of mine bought me a sign from a gift store when I was in this really dark spot. And the sign says this, be the kind of woman that when your feet hit the floor each morning, the devil says, oh, crap, <laughs> she's up. And you know, that, that sign makes me laugh, but it did something more serious. It made me ask the question, am I really that kind of woman that I'm a threat to the enemy or Mm. does he have me in a lockdown? And I thought, you know what, if I am not participating with God to recycle my pain for his good Mm. purpose, Mm -hmm. then I am participating with the enemy. And that's not okay. And I, so then I did this complete switch and I'm like, okay, God, I don't, I don't like your plan. Frankly, I, if you Mm -hmm. had asked me first, I would have talked you out of allowing Jordan to die, (laughs) but this is what's happened. And I promise that I will say yes to any opportunity you give me to recycle my pain for Mm. your good purpose. I promise to say yes in advance. Because I will not participate with the enemy. No, no longer. I'm done mm-hmm. with that. And so that sign as as silly and funny as it is, it really was something that God used to kick me in the butt mm. and say, you better decide because there's only two trajectories, better yeah. or bitter. Mm-hmm. You, you can, there's no um, neutral gear. Right. Yeah. So everybody get yourself a sign if you need it. <laughs> go, go on and look for a sign. You alluded to something that I also wanted to bring up. And this is the scripture, Romans eight twenty eight, And I think mm-hmm. it's a scripture that a lot of us, when our child dies, we just want to rip it out of our Bible, cross it oh, out, yeah. marker it out. It just, because it makes absolutely no sense. And unfortunately, it's another scripture that Christians who don't know what this darkness is like, they like to use it to try to prop us up, which Mm -hmm. makes us even more angry. And that is the scripture that all things work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purposes. And we may think that we love God, but if the bottom line is that we discover we actually love our child more, it's going to be more difficult to see the good that God really can bring out of such a horrible, tragic thing is the death of our child. I remember, you know, when Becca died, quite often we ask why so often. We just want to know why, God, why. And I realized pretty early that I probably wasn't going to get an answer to that. And if I did, it wouldn't be an answer I could accept or wouldn't argue with him over or agree with him on. And so I started asking how, and one of the questions was this stinking verse, Lord. (laughs) It's like, how are you going to make good on a verse like this? How are you going to take something like the death of my daughter and even remotely turn it into Mm -hmm. something that I would consider good? It's like, how are you going to do that? God, how? Mm -hmm. Exactly. And you know what? I was as I look back, I'm so grateful that God showed me fairly early on how he can do that. So at three months after Jordan died, I just prayed this prayer. God, please recycle my pain for your good purpose. I promise to say yes. And I was at a, a work event and I was asked by um, another Christian organization to share my story. And it was a very impromptu ask to do on video. 
And I was not feeling ready, prepared. I thought it was inappropriate to be asked because like, Mm. I'm only three months into this. And, um, but because I had already said, told the Lord that I would say yes to the opportunities he brought, I did say yes. And the interview was recorded and then it was aired on the, my first mother's day without Jordan. Oh, and I remember the very first email that I got back from someone who had watched this interview and they said, thank you for vulnerably sharing about your loss and how you are tr- choosing to trust God with your pain. You are giving mm-hmm. me courage to trust God with mine. And that was the aha moment for me where I realized that God was going to use my pain to encourage others. Even if it was only this one person who responded after watching the video, but if I could lend her courage through my own choice to trust God, that is recycling my pain. I love that. I love how you're talking about recycling your pain. That's That's quite a picture. I mean, that's something you almost have to just sit and think about. What does that look like to allow Mm. God to recycle my pain for a purpose Mm -hmm. that brings him glory and honors my child, honors my child's life right? so that I don't stay stuck in their death? Absolutely. I mean, there's so many um, amazing things that recycling does, like those plastic milk jugs. They Mm -hmm. are actually can be turned into really a sturdy wood substitute to make a picnic table that adults Uh, can sit at. Yes, yes. Like that's amazing. Or pop Mm -hmm. bottles can be recycled into that fiber fill for ski jackets. Yeah. Like amazing. And so I kind of like those images to remind myself that what um, we think is to be discarded or Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes we think, well, my pain is just wasted. Like what could possibly be remade from it? And God says, wait, wait, mm-hmm. wait, I, I have ideas. I am creative. And he is. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. So really we kind of have to get to the place where we're miserable enough at being miserable that we want to find our way out. And mm-hmm. often that means taking our child off of the throne and putting yeah. God back on there even within our pain and our anger. I know you said that, you know, you have to admit it and take this to God. Is there anything else that, you know, as we're talking and if someone has realized that's me, I didn't realize this and that's why I'm struggling. Is there anything else that you can maybe share that might help to be able to do this? Because when we are angry at God, it's not like just flipping a switch and all of a sudden, oh, I'm not mad at you anymore, God. Well, you know what? I realized that I, well, let me tell you this. I am directionally challenged. (laughs) I I am very dependent (laughs) on my GPS or my Google Maps. Mm -hmm. And so I came up with this acrostic GPS, which interestingly Mm -hmm. enough is your your acrostic. But GPS is for gratitude, perspective, and serving others. Mm. And I found that that was the secret sauce to moving from being angry or indignant with God to moving towards turning my heart towards him. And so Mm -hmm. it starts with gratitude. And so I, before my son died, I did keep a gratitude or Thanksgiving journal, but when he died, that came to a full stop. I was like, I have Mm. nothing to be thankful for. 
So I, and I, Mm -hmm. so at at that point, when I realized I needed to bring gratitude back into a daily discipline, I returned to my gratitude journal and I made myself sit in my chair until I came up with three things every day. Mm -hmm. And let me tell you, sometimes I had to sit there for a long time. Yeah. I did that for a while too. Someone suggested it and I put it by my bed and every night, three to five things I had to write in it every night. Absolutely. Even if it was something that smelled good. So, I mean, it was just something that I was thankful for. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And you know, isn't it amazing how God uses that to change our mind? We start to look for those things now that we can be grateful for because Mm -hmm. you find whatever you're looking for. If you Mm -hmm. want to think, look for all the things that are, make your life miserable, you'll find them. But if you start to look and for why the you'll never be out of this darkness and why. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. So I really it. felt like God, reasons. I felt like God was saying, I want you to look for the treasures. I'm going to hide them in every day and mm-hmm. you need to search for them. Yes. So that was yes. the first thing. Real quick. I want to add, I heard something recently where someone said, God doesn't hide treasures from us. He hides them for us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I love I like that. that. And a treasure is something you have to, you have to seek for, you have to look for it. They're there and he's hidden them for us, not from us. Yes, absolutely. And then the P in my acrostic GPS is for perspective. And I realized I needed to keep an eternal perspective. This life is so short. Yes, yes, yes. Knowing that my son is in heaven, I have this assurance that I will see him again. And so just reminding myself that mm-hmm. my days on earth without Jordan were a lot fewer, very few compared to the eternity that I have with him. It started to yes. shift my perspective. So keeping an eternal perspective was really, really important. And then the last one, serving others, I would say it's counterintuitive to a person in pain, to think of serving Mm -hmm. others. But I've discovered that it is actually a necessary step in my own self-care because a little piece of healing starts to happen in my own heart as I look out for the interest of others. So when I Mm -hmm. listen to someone else's story of loss with empathy and compassion, I'm serving others. When I send a text to somebody I know who's going through a hard time, I'm serving others. It is just little things, especially when we're just immersed in our own grief. But if I'm looking out for the interest of others, I'm serving them and God honors that. Yeah. And I I think too, it's like, we feel like, but I don't have anything to give, but that's, I think what makes it so incredible is because it's allowing God to flow through us to somebody else. Like you said, even just as simple as a text, because when God flows through us to somebody else, we get strengthened in that. Absolutely. Speaking of text, I have a friend, I don't get to see her very often, maybe twice a year, but she sent me a text on the 18th of each month because my son died on Mm. October 18th. So she sent me a text on the 18th of each month January to December for nine and a half years. Wow. And often it was, that's a um, friend. Oh, isn't that amazing? Just amazing. And I just think it's something that takes her just a few minutes. Sometimes she would share a memory she had of my son, or sometimes she'd just share a scripture. Sometimes she'd write out a prayer. 
Sometimes she'd just tell me that she loved me and was thinking of me. But as time went on, mm-hmm. those texts have meant even more to me than they did nine and a half years ago. Because who does that? Like, who has mm. that intentionality? And right. so you think right. even a child can send a text, right? If, I mean, we all know how to do that. And it doesn't take <laughs> a long time. But wow, the impact right. of a simple text is mind blowing. I'm thinking right now of one perever that I know that it took her 10 years of just being absolutely miserable after the death of her son before she decided to work through the darkness and decide, I, I just, I can't be in this place anymore. I can't do this the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. And then she had to work through the regret of everything she missed for the last mm-hmm. 10 years oh, because yeah. she chose to stay miserable. And, you know, I mean, I, I don't want any of our listeners to have that kind of regret where you wait so long because you're just so angry at God, just convincing yourself that life will never be better until I'm with my child again in heaven. We don't want that for any of our listeners. Well, Shirley, this has been wonderful. I have just loved talking to you and, and hearing what you have to say. Where can people find you? How can they connect with you? I have a website, shirleybeeson.com. So simply my name, ShirleyThiessen.com. And on there for your listeners, actually, I have a free little guide, I call it, how to come alongside your friends who are grieving. And so you can get that for free from my website. And um, there's also some videos and some blogs I've written. And my email is Shirley at cornerbend.com. Yes. And we will put that in the show notes also. So people can just go to the show notes and click the link too. So if they didn't catch it here, couldn't write it down. Shirley, do you have any last thoughts? I would love your listeners to remember as they're grieving that God promises to recycle our pain for his good purpose as we participate and trust his plan. Mm. I've seen this happen in my own life in other people's lives it's possible for you too yes and Shirley I would love it if you would close us out here by praying over all of our listeners I would be honored Heavenly Father I pray that you would surround every grieving heart with your tender comfort and divine strength may you heal broken hearts and restore a sense of hope May you give precious times of rest while we work through our grief. May you, our good shepherd, make a way where it feels like there is no way. May you protect us in the places where we feel the most vulnerable and establish us in your peace, in your love, and your purpose. You have a beautiful plan to recycle our pain for your good purpose. Father, thank you that you are our God and we trust you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, thank you, Shirley. And we've already decided that Shirley's going to be back. We're going to talk on a different topic. So I look forward to that. Thank you so much, Laura, for the conversation. You have dared to go where few will have, few will trod. <laughs> yeah, I'm told that a lot. <laughs> All right. We'll talk to you later. All right. Thank you. Bye-bye. Wow. 
you may want to go back and listen to that again, allowing the Holy Spirit to take this message deeper, especially if it caused an emotional reaction that you may not like. Whenever something we value is taken from us by the enemy, it reveals our heart. It is not easy to admit that maybe the reason we're so angry at God is because our child is more important to us than he is. The gift became more important than the giver of that precious gift. After hearing this today, we each have a choice to make. You can continue to blame God and walk away, staying in your anger and bitterness that is destroying you and keeping you from living in a way that honors the life of your child and the giver of that life. You can choose to remain a victim of the darkness you found yourself thrown into, making excuses for remaining miserable, refusing to admit the possibility that maybe you are stuck in this painful darkness because you are still putting your child on the throne of your heart instead of God and his love and his mercy and his comfort for you. Or you can acknowledge that you're willing to put God first in your life and not your child who is now with his or her heavenly father and being loved on with a perfect love. And that's something that none of us could give our own child. We couldn't give our child perfect love, but they're with the Lord now and they're receiving that. You can surrender to God's love for you no matter what that means. Hang on to him with everything you have, realizing that he really is the truest and best gift possible. And we desperately need him to help us deal with our deep loss in a way that doesn't destroy us like the enemy wants. The greatest gift we have ever received or ever will receive is not our children. It's the gift we received when Jesus came to earth to die for us, to set us free from our sins, our guilt, and our shame, to give us weapons against the enemy of our soul while we are here, and so that we can eventually move out of this crappy world and into a place of glorious perfection with those we love. I just want to remind you, and I do this a lot because sometimes the sounds that come through, but we live full-time in a motorhome, Dave and I. We call our house on wheels the Hope Mobile. And I don't know if you know this because I haven't talked about it for a while, but we have over 80 hearts on our Hope Mobile. They're all different colors, and they say, In Loving Memory Of, and we have names of children and where they're from and other loved ones. We offer this to anyone who's lost a loved one. Those of us who have lost children, the hearts for them are six-inch hearts, and anyone who wants to put a heart on the Hope Mobile for a loved one who was not a child who passed away, they get four-inch hearts. But we love having all these hearts just honoring our children and they these hearts, they travel the nation with us. People actually will walk around our motorhome and read the hearts and where everyone is from. And I was just thinking... Valentine's Day is coming up, and I used to use Valentine's Day as a way to just love on my kids. I would give them a little something and make them a special meal. I'd maybe dye it red or something and mashed potatoes or Rice Krispie treats or whatever. But I used to use Valentine's Day for my children. So I was thinking that you may want to give your child a gift by putting 
an in loving memory heart on the Hope Mobile for your son or your daughter. If you want to see what they look like, you want to find out more about it, it is a $100 sponsorship. It's a donation to the ministry, and you get to choose the color of the heart, and we'll get a hold of you, and you even get to pick where you want it to go on the Hope Mobile, the front, the back, one of the sides, whatever, wherever you want to have it put, we'll put it there for you. And we just, we love doing this, and it just helps us get down the road, especially as prices go up. Our house gets about six miles to the gallon. And so uh, it just helps us with our traveling expenses and it is a way for you to honor your child and you have them out there with us as we travel the nation. So if you want to know more about it, just go to gpshope.org and click on the donate tab. You'll see a place that says Memorial Heart. Just click on that and you'll be able to see them, get all the information. And if you would like to have one put on, you can see how to do that there. Also, don't forget to check on attending one of our getaway weekend retreats just for bereaved parents. We have three scheduled right now around the country, and they are filling up. And because of a sponsorship from a parent, there was a, a big fundraiser. And we're using the funds that came in for that to cover the cost of the rooms, the venue where we're staying. And so the savings is being passed on to you. The cost of the rooms are really low. As a matter of fact, the retreat for the moms, a single bed in a shared room doesn't cost you anything. It's only the cost of the registration to be able to attend. So be sure to check it out at gpshope.org retreat. And a link for the retreat and the hearts for the Hope Mobile will be in the show notes in case you didn't catch it. Let's go ahead and go on to our birthday segment. Zachary Kidd was born on January 27th and is forever 26. Bryce D. Thurman was born on January 30th and is forever 22. Kayla Atkins was born on January 31st and is forever 25. Robert Schaefer DeVries was born on February 4th and is forever 35. We celebrate with these families the day these children came into the world. It will always be a special day to us and a day to be celebrated. If you would like to have your son or daughter announced and shared with our listeners the week of his or her birthday, all you have to do is go to gpshope.org slash birthdays. There's just a simple form with the information we need. Fill it out, submit it, and I will add your son or daughter to the birthday segment the week of his or her birthday. John 8.32 in the Passion Translation says, For if you embrace the truth, it will release true freedom into your lives. Now, I'm saying it will be a struggle to get there. The truth will mess with you at first. It'll, it'll make you uncomfortable. You won't like it. And if you reject it for these reasons, you'll stay where you are in that wounded place of anger and darkness. Philippians 1.21 in the Amplified Version says, For me to live is Christ. He is my source of joy. He is my reason to live. Remember, this is not a message of condemnation. It's a message of freedom. 
I don't know if I have ever asked you to do this, but please share this with other bereavers you know. Let's all be grieving parents sharing hope by sharing this podcast, this episode with others so they can be set free as well. I'm praying for you that you will decide not to just sit in your place of darkness and give up. There is a way out. The truth will set you free. And as you work your way through the darkness, remember to hold on. Pain eases. There is 